welcome to yet another episode of When a Guy Has a Really Fucked Gender. As always, I'm your host, Jolene. I have with me this week, Noah. Noah, would you like to say hello to the audience? Hey, everyone. Happy to be here. Noah, how would you describe your gender? I've been thinking about this. I think the most accurate descriptor is dyke to fag, transgender. I often think I'm being a little more stealth about the DT part than I am. But... <laughs> you mean you, you think you don't come off as a former radical lesbian? <laughs> <laughs> I do on Twitter. In everyday interactions, I'm sure people are like, look at that exceedingly normal gay man who has never considered debates in radical feminism. <laughs> does not have hot takes on um i don't know i'm not gonna say an example because the first thing to come to mind is going to be unpleasant for all of us (laughs) um all right uh how did you how did you become that i guess well let's start with were you born a dyke um When does when does dykehood erupt into your into your life? Yeah, I got a little blindsided by the "Was I born a dyke?" question. I haven't it's been a while since that one, but um, I I think I watched Rent, and I was like, "What if I was gay?" Um, I think I think I got social contagion from Rent when I was like eleven because I was a musical theater kid, which is already some proto dyke behavior. Um, and then I was allowed to watch PG-13 movies when I was 11. So I watched, I, blo- I rented Rent from Blockbuster and I watched that and there was Maureen and Joanne and I was like, what if I was a little gay with it? That seems like a fun thing to do. Um, and then I narrativized from there of ways that I had actually always been gay, but I do think I caught social contagion from Rent. <laughs> sweeping the nation um, <laughs> all right a fine story what were you like before that were you um i was just a weird kid very autistic yeah. um i liked programming on neopets and i would hung out with ants in the schoolyard because i didn't really have friends so i just watched ants do their thing yeah okay and, yeah um, and so that was like elementary school, um, and then middle school was sort of just weirdly into musical theater until I watched Rent, and then I was weirdly into musical theater and sex and <laughs> being gay. So yeah, it made how me cool. How was how was gayness received um, in your in in this period of your life? Like, what was the? How did the adults in your life? How did the other children in the, in your life? How did how did they all sort of react to that? I mean, were you open about this or? Told my like you know trusted friend who told everyone, um, but I think it actually increased my social standing among the seventh graders, largely because I was like vaguely disliked before and so all the dislike sort of getting 
pigeonholed into this one thing about me that everyone could be like, oh, this is the thing that's weird about her is that she's a dyke, then made it so that I could be like, actually, you're being homophobic, and that's weird. Like, no hate. Um, And then the people who wanted to prove that they were open-minded and not homophobic, it was then cool to be my friend. And so, like, I gained more, more friends from being gay, I think. Although I also got bullied in more targeted ways, I guess. But, um... With regard to adults... Oh, you go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, so you're saying that you caught social contagion and then it made you more popular. Yes, that is what I I'm see. saying. Um, <laughs> excited to reveal that this episode is going to be featured in the New York Times. So <laughs> just keep going. My fucked up gender is that I transformed the anti-trans moral panic into just a lesbians are turning 11-year-olds gay using rent moral panic. Yeah. Um. Let me think. Um. Adults in my life. My mom was cool about it. Like she was. She found my live journal, and I was a member of the lesbian live journal community. And then she approached me, and she was like. Are you a lesbian? How long have you known? Were you ever attracted to boys? All of those things, you know, and I gave regular answers to those questions, not anything like what I'm saying now, but, um, but she was cool with it. Um, my dad is awful in a lot of ways, but he also tried to make shows of being cool of it in some ways, which mostly just meant he started, like, playing the Indigo Girls on guitar more, because <laughs> um, he didn't, like, have emotional conversations, but... Um... That's an extremely male reaction. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, that's that's a... That guy's fucked up gender is just man. Um... Derogatory, I guess. But, and then, you know, teachers, like, some teachers were very supportive, um, were, like, all over my day of silence shit, and then some teachers were homophobic, it just kind of varied, and then in, like, yeah, I went to a Unitarian church, so that was a great place for me to find girlfriends was in my Unitarian youth group in, like, high school. Um, out of, like, all my, all the girls I dated in high school, like, two out of three of them came from the Unitarian Church, um, and also, like, two out of three of those people are not girls anymore, but that's, that's skipping ahead in time, um. Are those the same two out of three that were also? No, there's this... Okay, just one of them? Yeah, just one from the youth group and one just regular from my high school. Um, okay. Um, okay. There's still some cisgender Unitarians yet. <laughs> I all the Unitarians I knew are like cisgender. I think. I actually maybe I shouldn't speak on that because I don't know. I didn't know that many Unitarians. Um, I, like, vaguely wanted to do it because it seemed like a place where I might meet, like, 
other gay kids, but um, did not actually really. I like went once with my mother because she was afraid that it was like a cult and I was going to get like, I don't know, that I was like going to be convinced to commit like ritual suicide or something like that. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know where she got that idea. <laughs> but um, it was embarrassing enough to go with my mother that I never went back. And um, that that's the end of it. Um, Understandable. Um, uh, yeah, I really liked the Unitarian Youth Group. Um, it was run by a bunch of, like, cis woman Josh Whedon fans. Um, Joss, rather. Um, and we just sort of played weird like LARP improv type games and, and talked about our opinions and our feelings. So it was it was cute. It was sweet. Uh, th yeah, that that's that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> um so and uh, Okay. Yeah. That was also oh. No, go ahead. That was also where I made a lot of my first early trans friends as well. Because, um, you know, some of the people who were out as gay early started coming out as trans early, both. Like, at my middle school, one of my close friends came out as a trans guy in eighth grade. And then um, on a Unitarian Universalist the group was called Young Religious Unitarian Universalists, so it's YRUU, which is silly. Um, and we were on a field trip to Boston because it's like the capital of Unitarianism. Um, and <laughs> my friend, like, was coming out as non-binary, and I have a strong memory of like sitting over lunch on some baby names website looking at all the gender neutral baby names and trying to just be like what do you think of this one what about this one when we were like <laughs> 15 oh <laughs> that sounds cute yeah no. okay and it, was that your sort of first are there is there there's not trans characters in rent are there i guess there... or did you sort of like know about trans people prior to encountering rent or or what so no rent there are trans characters in rent there's angel who's like sort of ambiguously drag queen trans woman coded um i was very you know fond of her of course um but i don't think it like it resonated it's like wow this is so cool that she exists like that this plot line is so cool and like trans people are so cool but didn't stick in my head as a possibility. Um, I think even, like, you know, I organized a day of silence in seventh grade, so I read a lot of, like, listen literature, which involved, like, definitions of various LGBT terms. And so I think I learned, like, details about currently accepted definitions of transness. Um, rather than just Jonathan Larson's interpretation um, from that. And so, like, one of my friends in eighth grade, I was sort of, like, you know, 
being like, so what, what's going on with you? Like, are you gay or what? Are you a lesbian? Like, what, what's your deal? And they were like, he was like, well, I, you know, like sort of think I'm transgender, but, you know, I like men. And so I... Like, I guess based on my glisten readings, I'm just sort of like, it sounds like you're a gay trans man. Let's figure this out. I'm gonna... It's just sort of the overly supportive ally thing that a lot of, like, people who are actually trans do, but... <laughs> there, was no, there was not really, like, a sort of glimmer in your mind that you might one day sort of have this kind of... Not at that point, no. I was, like... He was always really certain that he wasn't a lesbian, and I was having a fun time being a dyke, so it just didn't feel important um, until, like, later on, yeah. Okay. And I guess, w w how much later? When, d when does that become? I mean, like, two years. I, I say, like, I say, like, later, but it was two years. But it felt very long, because I was a teenager. I mean, that is, a, that is a, yeah, I was gonna say, that is a long time when you're talking about, like, high school or something, yeah. right? Like, so what, how, I don't know, like, I guess, like, was there anything, like, really notable during those two years? I mean, I assume, I don't know, I guess it feels like everything in high school is notable, but... Yeah, I mean, my first, like, initial coming out experience to the trans person was super chaotic. It was, like, I was meeting, I joined, I was the president of my high school gay straight alliance, and I joined this, like, exclusive club for just the presidents of local gay straight alliances in the county. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um... And this was, like, 2000 and I noticed that a lot of the like cool dykes who were presidents of the gay straight alliances were starting to transition um and honest to god like don't let anyone quote me on this but I was like they seem to be like hotter like they're getting more girls than me like maybe there's something to this being a trans guy thing I think I'd be hotter if I was a trans guy, and I think I would get girls easier. And that was the most important thing, because I was 15. Um, <laughs> just sort of, like, you know, back from there then, I was like, you know, what would I think about being a trans guy? Like, if I didn't have breasts, how would I feel about that? If I had a dick or, like, a, you know, realistic strap-on, and like, how would I feel about that, you know? And I was like, okay, I would feel like that was hot, um, and that I'd be hotter, and that, like, it'd be better all around, so... Ergo, I'm a trans guy. I'm gonna tell my mom. <laughs> um, and that was just a and how did how did that go? <laughs> <laughs> it was a poorly planned out decision. I guess I thought that because me coming out as a lesbian was chill, this would be chill. But I mean, there's a lot of stuff with my mom. But one of the things is that I was nervous about me coming out as a lesbian because I didn't know if she would be homophobic or not. So I like kind of rehearsed, like, how would I talk to her about this? Whereas I just sort of sprung this one on her as, like, hey, I'm, I want to be a man. Yeah, I know there weren't really, like, signs before. Sometimes there aren't, actually. I'm valid. It's set on Tumblr. Um, and she was not stoked about that. Um, and I didn't really have any of the, like, go-to, like, 
well, I've known since I was a kid, or, like, here's all my debilitating dysphoria, like, sort of narratives at hand at that point. I just sort of had, like, a, a vague sense of, like, I think this would be more fun, question mark. Um, and so she was pretty angry about that and was like, you need to stop hanging out with all your trans friends because they're about influence on you and, like, just cut it out. Um, and, you know, because I hadn't had this, like, this narrative of, like, I'm in the wrong body or whatever, I was sort of like, okay, well, my thing isn't as serious as, like, real trans people, probably just a fetish, um, shouldn't have told my mom about it, that was, like, stupid of me to think that I was a guy or trans at all, um, and so then I, like, tried being cis again for two more years, um, and then, like, that, though, was also, like, when I went to Simon's Rock, which is, like, this early college for children who want to leave their houses and also are smart or something. Um, and there were trans guys there who I immediately befriended and just followed around, but was like, I'm, like, your token cis friend, though. But I, like, came out as non-binary after two years of doing that as well, because I was, like... You know, still sort of into being femi with it, um, had, like, re-come out as pansexual and, like, was still very uncomfortable dating men, like, as a woman and any, like, all the, like, quote-unquote guys that I, like, hooked up with then just ended up coming out as trans women and anyway, because I was giving Butch Dyke in all ways. Um, and so, like... Yeah, like, shortly after I came out as non-binary, my mom once again found my social media profiles and similarly was sort of like, so what does this mean? Like, how do you know that this isn't just a trauma thing? Because I was, like, at the same time, like, heavily trauma posting about my dad and about, like, some sexual abuse stuff unrelated to him. Um on my Tumblr, as one does when they're a teenager, or an adult, I don't know. Um, and I didn't really have an answer to that. You know, had a vague sort of, like, I think it's fucked up to say people are trans because of trauma, but I can't, like, prove to you why I think that's fucked up, or, like, why I disagree with that, especially because, like, I've read some intro queer theory by now and have a sense of like I don't really like prescribe to a born this way thing but I got really fixated on like I need to address this question of why am I trans and how do I know that I'm trans and not just dealing with like trauma or internalized misogyny or any of these like Things that people say of, like, well, actually, everyone doesn't want to be a woman or whatever, and things that my mom kind of threw in my direction at one point. Right. What I'm curious about, I mean, it, I feel like you, you went over a lot there, and we'll kind of work through it all in, t in, in turn. I'm curious about, you said that you sort of had, like, a... a um, a period of kind of repressing with the um, 
the, the sort of like oh this is just like a fetish right <laughs> yeah um type logic um what was that something you ever like expressed to other people did you like try acting that out i don't know i'm sorry to like you don't have to answer that question i guess um but i don't know was that like a thing you ever like expressed to other people or i don't think i did i think i had a okay. feeling of like it's shameful to have thought that i was trans and not actually been trans what i did try to do is just sort of try to channel all these desires into like going heavy on the butch femme thing in a way that was kind of anachronistic for like 20 i mean it's anachronistic for now but was anachronistic for 2011 in the sense that there hadn't been the like kind of butch femme revival that seems to be happening now in some ways like i my like girlfriend at the time i was always sort of like springing these like isn't it like hot and sexy how I've got like short hair and I'm really bad at makeup and you've got long hair and are good at being a woman in every way and I'm scared of you and isn't that like super hot and interesting and gendery and she'd be like I guess I don't know I just think you're hot um so like I guess I mostly like I don't know, my sex life wasn't super inventive because I was a teenager, but I think I, I, I think I definitely just <laughs> tried to, like, do a lot of, like, was fascinated by roles in general, whether it's, like, butch femme roles or just, like, archetypes. I don't know, I read a lot of fan fiction, so I was just sort of, like... I probably did a thing that a lot of closeted trans guys do where I projected myself onto the various fan fiction characters I read, you know, of like the gay male variety, but not not so like what what was your what was your fandom? <laughs> I was in a lot of different fandoms actually, but I think the one that I did the most active projection on was the social network fandom. Um <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I did not know that that was a thing. It was. Um, oh my goodness. Wait, <laughs> tell me about... I'm so sorry <laughs> to the audience. I have to know, like, what are the what are the social network ships? What are, like, the big ships? So there's... Um, obviously there's, like, Mark Zuckerberg and Eduardo Saverin, and people are very adamant about, like, we do not ship the actual founders of Facebook. We ship the fictional versions in the Aaron Sorkin movie. Um, and there's, there's, like, a group sex thing where it's all of the founders of Facebook, like, but I don't, I was never into that particular ship very much. Um, there's, you know, like, there's twincest with the, the, like, army. Right, naturally. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then there's. Like a real person, I guess it's all technically real person fiction, right? Because they're all real people. But um, there's like a real person fiction, one degree of abstraction less ship of Andrew Garfield and Jesse Eisenberg, and that honestly was my main ship. <laughs> um, okay. Largely because like Jesse Eisenberg has been very open about his struggle with debilitating OCD. And I was, you know, diagnosed with OCD when I was eight, and so I felt very 
seen by Jesse Eisenberg's whole deal, and people would often write that into the fan fiction. It'd be like, look at neurotic Jesse Eisenberg and Andrew Garfield being handsome and British. And so I was just like, what if a guy was real OCD with it, and then another guy was handsome and British? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be fucked up? Um, that's, okay. that's my... <laughs> That's my version of gender roleplay. It's like, what if I was exactly as anxious as I am now, but I was Jesse Eisenberg? I I support you. <laughs> I, I I nothing but support. <laughs> okay, so what? Oh, right, okay, so you said, like, Simon's Rock is the next kind of, like... Yeah, it's the next arc. The next kind of step on this journey, right? And that was, like, a... Right, so how old were you when you went there? You said that it was, like, kind of, like, early college type thing? Yeah, I started there when I was 15, after 10th grade, because I was born in December. Um, And, like, dropped out after, like, a year and a semester. Um... So left when I was had just turned seventeen, but um, okay. What's what? What was Simon's Rock like? I know you said you sort of had like a a gaggle of trans guys that you were like the token. Yeah. So they weren't. They were not by any means all friends with each other, which should have been the first warning sign that there was something a little gendery. I mean, the first warning sign, besides me having already come out as a trans guy, but, like, I was, there were these two guys, one of whom I dated the first week of school and then, like, didn't talk to, because we had some mysterious teenager beef that didn't even make sense at the time, um, and his roommate, who, like, they were assigned together because they were the only two trans guys, in the grade, um, and I was, when I was talking to both of them, I was friends with both of them, but all of our relationships were pretty tumultuous and involved a lot of, like, Tumblr nastiness, despite us, like, living in the same, not the same dorm, but, like, the dorms next to each other. (laughs) Um... And and then there was this older trans guy as well who was, you know, like three grades older than us, but he was on T already, and so he felt just like, you know, hashtag goals. Um, and I... Simon's Rock was weird. Um, I sort of, like, was exposed to a million different political ideas all at once, and it broke my brain in, like, a very positive way. Like, I, you know, read Our Prison's Obsolete, um, read, like, sections of Capital, like, all that shit, some for class, some just for, like, the feminist organization on campus. Um, And had a lot of awesome opportunities to like talk and think about ideas and it definitely like 
made me have better and also weirder politics than any like 15 or 16 year old should have um but I also definitely you know it's the first place where I was get regularly getting asked my pronouns and so I was thinking about the are you trans question a lot more often than before and because I had just come out and decided it wasn't worth it was pretty adamantly answering no for as long as I felt like I could comfortably get away with it um, until I started experiencing like what I considered to be severe enough dysphoria to really need it, you know? Mm -hmm. What was your, what was like your political, right? And I'm rewinding away from, from that for a second. Yeah. What was your kind of like political landscape or like your sort of personal Overton window like prior to um Simon's Rock like was it just kind of like sort of like standard like American liberal conservative um range or were there I don't know were there like people in your life that gave you reason to to sort of be aware or have interest in ideas um I was definitely very interested in the idea of socialism and anarchism and communism um but did not have anyone in my life who espoused those beliefs so it was kind of a lot of me like i remember i took the like political compass test when i was you know 13 and got like libertarian socialist and i was like what's that those two things sound like opposites and so then i like looked on the libertarian socialism wikipedia and like took a bunch of chomsky books out of the library and tried to make sense of it um but it was like hegemony or survival it wasn't like going to give me the basic understanding of what it means to be a socialist and like i got workers ownership of the means of production from wikipedia and kind of tried to pull that one off like I self-described as a socialist in ninth grade but as soon as teachers would come at, come at me with the like well what about innovation I didn't have retorts to their talking points and I didn't even have like a internet community of socialists or whatever that I felt like I could ask about what a, how do I respond to people who say what about innovation you know um and so I gave up on that because I got shot down too many times until I went to Simon's Rock. And then, you know, my first week there met a ton of people who identified as socialists and communists and anarchists and all sorts of even more idiosyncratic belief systems. And my friend, my first week there, gave me a mixed CD of folk punk songs because I like expressed interest in their AJJ shirt um and like every 15 year old who encountered folk punk I was like holy shit yes um, and got really into anarchism largely through that and through you know the zines and, and such things and then also you know found anarchists on tumblr as well because I was a you know avid Tumblr user by the point of starting at Simon's Rock. What's, um... Excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, 
what so was was the libertarian was the the political compass test was that the origin of you like sort of being introduced to the ideas of like um yeah like i don't know anarchism communism socials and that kind of stuff or did you have some kind of interest in that stuff prior to taking the test i definitely like i was always sort of fixated on politics mostly from a liberal conservative perspective, but, you know, we were taught about communism negatively in middle school in the context of, like, we had to read Red Scarf Girl. It's like a YA novel about the Cultural Revolution. Um, And everyone was always like, communism's horrible, but here are the tenets, and they sound good, but it doesn't work in practice. You know, it only works on paper. And I was always sort of like, okay, but, but why not? though like you're not answering my questions and was sort of just like fixated on it but in like a would just constantly make soviet russia jokes way not in like a coherent political philosophy way um was just like a that sounds neat um i think the first exposure i had to like you know, I never even took the time to read the Communist Manifesto. It wasn't that serious. Um, and, like, encountering the Wikipedia pages of all these various, like, you know, because I clicked the libertarian socialism philosophy, and then I was like, wait, there's all these other types of anarchism, too, and there's all these other types of Marxism, and oh my god, so many people have been thinking about this stuff. And it sort of satisfied my, like, archetype typology brain as well because there was a type of guy you could be um and but until i met someone else who was doing it in real life it it just felt like an online thing it didn't feel like a thing you could be real yeah i definitely had many nights as like a child just kind of like child like 13 year old or something just kind of like comprehensively reading every wikipedia article i could like get to from (laughs) various anarchism sub anarchisms um just every every like hyperlink i would like go through and be like not every hyperlink but all the ones that looked interesting i was like i should i should learn about all this i should know about all this um so yeah, I think another part yeah. of that is somehow in my process of like anarchism Wikipediaing, the Wikipedia, at least at the time, the Wikipedia like archiving of the anti-consumer aspects of anarchism was doing much better than any archiving of any other anarchist praxis. So I got I somehow developed the idea that like anarchism was when you wore fair trade no sweat BNS stars instead of Converse because Converse are owned by Nike um, and kind of my OCD pivoted for a while and into being about I specifically need to buy fair trade clothing that is the most important thing to do and it was always clothes it wasn't food or any of the other things you could buy fair trade although I was also vegan um, and that also made encountering actual anarchism kind of a relief because most of the people I met were like, what? No, don't, don't spend all your money on fair trade stuff. That's not required. Who told you that was required? That doesn't, 
And then I, you know, probably read the words no ethical consumption under capitalism in a meme on Tumblr, and I was like, I'm free. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm yawning. I promise I'm not tired. So good. Um, <laughs> okay. Hell yeah. Well, yeah, so, so, and, and encountering actual anarchists, right, as you say, happens pretty quickly after you get to Simon's Rock. What were the kind of, like, gender, sexual politics of those, those anarchists, like? Very mixed bag, I think. Um, one of my friends was, like, a, I'm not up to date on their deal, but they were, like, an ostensibly cis guy rad femme who like kept annoying their ostensibly cis woman riot girl girlfriend by being like what if us having sex is patriarchal and evil and she was like please stop it um so that was one of my anarchist friends and i thought i thought that was so cool i was like you're you're so much cooler than me um i swear <laughs> That sounds like a fetish. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't know. Um, I don't think I don't think it was, but it'd be a very funny. It'd be very it, funny yes. to, for there to be a guy with yes. that fetish. Um, in my like in the feminist the feminist group that was called the Women's Center, and then we changed it to like to feminism is for everyone based on the Bell Hooks group um, book. After a raucous discussion of why not trans men, led by me, who was totally not a trans guy, um, I, and then, like, none of the trans men who I was white knighting for actually joined it, you know? Um, but, (laughs) (laughs) in that group, I think it was mostly, like, you know, sort of, broadly intersectional feminist with like no particular inclination towards radical or marxist feminisms but also like broadly vaguely anti-capitalist and then a few like one girl in the group was like really into us screening i shot andy warhol um and i had to make the discussion questions for i shot andy warhol but i was like I don't know about this. I don't know. I don't know what to discuss. And so my discussion questions were really bad because I was just like, should she have shot Andy Warhol? Yes or no? Um, but, um, it was, I don't know. I think like, I remember uh, with this, you know, feminist group in particular, I remember like a discussion of, sex toys that they had that was like women only um and you know it was all about like navigating like vaginas basically and i just every 10 minutes as though possessed was like okay but not all women have vaginas and not all people with vaginas are women and then they would just be like sure no we we totally agree and then go back to talking about the thing they were talking about um and that was kind of, that was the vibe, I think. Um, 
I came in as non-binary and they used they them pronouns for me nothing really changed and I didn't put much effort into changing anything at that point like with regard to how my gender was seen or treated other than you know the pronoun situation what was the sort of coming out as non-binary um like self-reflection process like did um like did your your attempt at coming out as a trans guy factor into that was that like was that an experience you ever mentioned to anyone during these years or there were some people from who knew me back from high school who remembered and i think a lot some of those people were like yeah that really was bullshit and some of those people were like okay when's he gonna come back around and say he's a trans guy again um I'm very stubborn, so I was like, I'm not going to go back and forth about this, so if I'm going to try something, it's going to be something new. Um, I think I did maybe tell, like, one person at Simon's Rock or whatever, but I... had gotten pretty invested in, like, a... Actually, I'm a femme thing which never really worked out the way that I wanted it to I just never quite pulled it off but um like after my breakup where I was trying to be the butch I was like I can be femme too I'm I, I got this um and you know I, I think there were people on Tumblr certainly who were doing the like and people I knew in real life who were like effeminate trans guys, but I was sort of, like, very adamant, like, I don't want any sort of let me think, actually. I say that, but that's not true. No, I was actually pretty agnostic on the, like, do I want any kind of medical intervention question when I first came out as non-binary, and I think how that happened, honestly, was A few of my friends had been kind of nudging me for a while because I would get in these sort of discoursey arguments about gender as a social construct where I'd be like, well, I know that gender is con socially constructed because like, I don't feel like a woman at all. Like, obviously I am a woman, but I don't feel like a woman at all. Like, what would that even mean? Like, what are you talking about? Like, nobody feels like a woman. And then people would look at me like okay. <laughs> and like, I was right about social constructionism, but I was also not necessarily right about everyone feeling as disconnected from cis womanhood as I did. Um, and so, you know, people would have the conversation of like, so are you sure you're not non-binary or trans? And I'd try it out, but then I'd be like, I don't know, this seems unnecessary. Like nobody's ever going to believe me. And like, what's the point? Um, and uh, I think what kind of changed is I just like got to a point where for various other reasons in my life, I was having more body image shit. And that made my awareness of like how other people were perceiving my body and my gender for the first time, not just feel sort of like, oh, this doesn't really fit. I'm not feeling this, but actually feel like 
this is painful, I hate this, this sucks, in a way that, like, the trans guys around me seemed to be experiencing more than I was. Um, more like, you know, what I consider to count as dysphoria. And then one of my, my closest friend, who is a trans guy, um, just started using they, them pronouns for me because I was whining for, like, a week about how I'm dysphoric, but I'm, like, not allowed to be trans because I'm not dysphoric enough. Um, and he was just like, okay, whatever, I'm using they, them <laughs> pronouns for you, and... Like, <laughs> just getting forced. Right, yes, I was forced. I was forced <laughs> them skillinized. Um, them skillinized. I guess forced themanized makes more sense, but... Um... And then that, you know, my mom found out about it and was, like, not thrilled, but it really, it really stuck this time. I was, like, combination of just... Like... I don't know. Combination of I had been exposed to enough, like, transness as politics, not just transness as some, you know, hot fun shit my friends were doing, that it felt more intrusive for my mom to be like, actually, you're not non-binary. I had definitely been exposed a lot more to the you don't have to be born this way, you don't have to be one model of trans, you know, there's no such thing as trans enough narratives by that point that I felt more equipped to I felt more equipped to bring those to my mom and be like, here's actually what's true about, again, the sort of like, I'm valid, Tumblr said so, but here's, now I have more arguments for that, but, I mean, her understanding of trans people is still, like, you've known since you were three, or you're not really sexual, and like, I would know because you're my kid, etc. Um, and, so like, No, I. Cool thing, the thing that I like have less respect for me as a seventeen-year-old doing is that I wasn't out to everyone by any means. Like when I transferred schools, I wasn't out to anyone at my new school. Um, out of like group therapy settings, I wasn't out, but. I pretty relentlessly sought out public scenes and whatever anarchists I could find and immediately out to everyone and enforced my pronouns there because I was like, well, these people have no excuse for not getting it. You know, like, they have to fucking get it. Um, and that was neat of me because it meant that I got to be a lot around a lot more trans people and a lot more anarchists in real life who weren't also just, you know, like, Simon's Rock teenagers, um, and sort of expanded my world in a lot of ways. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It sounds... Yeah, I don't know. So what, what, what happens next? Um... This is a really, like, chaotic period of time, because after I leave Simon's Rock, 
I go to, like, teen rehab because um, of PTSD stuff and, like, various other behaviors. Um, and... Am, you know, it's, it's like an all-girls treatment center, and so I'm mostly closeted there, but I'm also, like, working on eating disorder stuff, and so I kind of have to be at least a little out to some of my therapists, or else I'm just not going to be able to talk to them about anything. And I was going insane in, like, the body image classes that were about, like, you as a girl don't feel beautiful because of the patriarchy, but you are beautiful. Keep shining. Um, and... <laughs> Which I don't even think was helpful for any of the cis women and cis girls in the group either. But um, I, you know, I came out to some of those people and I was like, and, you know, what if it's just a trauma thing? And they were like, you know, well, I've, I've read about gay people and I don't know if this is the same, but you're not supposed to say that people are gay because of trauma. So I think this is the same and don't worry about it, um, which was nice of them. But, like, I was still pretty fixated on that question, I think, because that's, like, the pushback my mom gave, and because, I don't know, it was hard to disentangle. Like, did I hate my body because of sexual abuse, or did I hate my body because of, like, dysphoria and did a difference? I wasn't considering at the time the question of, like, does this difference matter? I just assumed it was a very important difference, and it was sort of later that I was... People were like, eh, why, why, what if, who cares? But I'll get to that. Um, and I guess, you know, there's, basically what happens is alternating years of me, you know, hanging out in Frederick, Maryland, which is like a city in Western Maryland, 45 minutes or so out of DC. Um, and close to where I'm from, and they're, like, being around trans people, being around anarchists, being in, like, a punk house for a bit when I was 18, for, like, a year. And then periods of, like, because of disability reasons, having to go back to my mom's house and mostly, you know, hanging out in her basement, except for community college classes and being, like, extremely online. And I was also extremely online while in the punk house, and we were doing a lot of Tumblr discourse in real life, but it was also, like, a majority trans and all queer like home so that was cool but I guess like you know at some point I get really fixated on the why am I trans question um and I'm also you know have, have my politics around sexual violence had been radicalizing for a while just as I became dissatisfied with like liberal consent politics for a lot of reasons mostly personal trauma reasons honestly um and what do you mean by what do you mean by liberal consent politics i guess like yes means yes politics um which i i really think i misunderstood actually but um i got the sort of There's like a straw man. Ugh, let me let me roll back a little. So like I was on Tumblr at the heyday of like sex positive 
feminism. I went to Slut Walk in New York in person when I was 15. Um, I, you know, heard the critiques that it wasn't intersectional enough, but, like, was very down with that sort of, like... You know, like, no, like, against slut-shaming, um... Sex is good, kink is good, but rape and abuse is bad. Politics. Um, and when I was, like, 16, I was raped by an adult in a situation where I, like, did say yes, but it was a shitty situation, and also he was much older. Um, and... For reasons that I, like, don't really make sense to me now, but, like, felt right at the time, I was like, this is sex-positive feminism's fault. Like, this is... I said yes to this, and it was still fucked up. How can, you know, liberal consent politics probably account for this happening to me? Um, and so the radical feminist politics that I had previously disavowed as, like, not leaving room for agency... Or not, like, being just misogynist or kinkphobic or whatever suddenly made a lot more sense because I was like, well, all these women like me and, you know, women question mark like me are making these choices under patriarchy that are, you know, constrained by these structural circumstances like, you know, who to have sex with. And I think, like, coinciding with this time, there was sort of a lesbian separatist revival going on in Tumblr. This would have been around, like, 2014, 2015 then, where people started talking about the, like, Adrian Rich compulsory heterosexuality framework more, you know, combat. And I was very drawn to that as well, even though I also knew by that point that I was attracted to men. I became sort of preoccupied with the how do I know that my choices are mine and not the patriarchy because I've like fucked up before so how do I know um and uh, I think that's how I got into a bit of a rabbit hole around whether my transness in particular was being caused by like the patriarchy or internalized misogyny in a way that I never actually felt towards most of the other trans men in my life, but very much obsessed over for myself. Right. It's easy to assume that others have way more sureness about themselves because, and that they could never feel anything like the way that you're feeling. Yeah, I just had this um, idea of, like, even as I, as I was making arguments of, like, oh, there's no essential transness or whatever, it's all, like, it's all legitimate, but it's all socially constructed or whatever I was saying. Like, I also felt like everyone who knew that they were trans was just doing it in a way that was so much more real than mine. Okay. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and every time I, like, try to explain my politics around that, it's totally a garble, I think, because of the nature of, like, how Tumblr works, is that I was just, like, following, like, 
20 people with 20 different niche-specific feminist ideologies, many of which disagreed with each other, and was just like, okay, let's see. Let's see what sticks. Let's see what makes sense. Let's see what resonates. And sometimes I'd unfollow someone if they said something that I was just like, oh, this like offends my moral sensibilities in a way that I'm now like uncomfortable. I don't want anything to do with you. Um, anything that was like all trans people are deluded or whatever, I immediately was off put by because I was like, this is just the same thing as homophobia. Put that away. But there was... You know, there's a lot of crypto turfs on Tumblr, and there's a lot of. I was drawn to a lot of niche ideologies that were specifically like trans men are bad in particular because choosing to be a man is being a gender traitor, and we should all, you know, choose to be women to fight. Um, or specifically choose to not be men to fight, like, patriarchal gender. Um, but I had so many different, like, influences from so many different directions. I would follow, like, avidly anti-porn accounts and, like, sex worker rights decrim, like, porn performer accounts at the same time and just be like, I need to absorb all this information because I got to figure out the right feminist ideology. You know, I re last night I reread... Um your essay in the new republic um that that talks about a lot of this stuff right um on hating men and becoming one anyway yes new inquiry i believe was the title uh new inquiry not the new republic <laughs> <laughs> it'd be funny if it was um <laughs> that would be extremely funny um no the new inquiry which makes way more sense <laughs> i said the new republic i knew something was wrong oh my lord um yeah, which I guess is one for people that are listening and are interested in uh, what Noah's talking about right now, a place that you can go and check out. Um, but two, yeah, it's, I, I don't know, I guess I guess it's it was a thing that I was thinking about reading it last night, right? The sort of experience of being young and politically unsure, but also I think maybe because of a sort of like, uh, I don't know, just like, I guess you could say it's ageism or just like all the, I don't know, various kinds of social forces around that, that special time in all of our lives, like coming of age and all that, that, that need to be like fully formed, that need to sort of like have control of yourself, that need to be like possessed and know things and to like know like this is what would be right, this is what we should do, this is, you know, like what the right politics are. Um, I think combined with also like the the sort of like um, cacophony of any kind of like uh, political, I mean, I guess of any kind of political com community generally, um, but I think particularly like the sort of like political communities that fall outside of the Herberton window where there's, there's really not like a, I don't know. I, I I think that for for as much as like you know, I believed in the revolution while I was like you know, partying and punk houses and stuff. I also sort of uh, <laughs> didn't think it was happening anytime right. 
anytime soon, right? Didn't really think that I was going to, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I hoped, but I was, you know, I don't know. Um, but I don't know. I guess that's all to say. It, it just sort of, um, that the, there's a lot of sort of like chaos to the way that you actually think. And there is a pretty strong incentive to downplay that chaos and to try to sort of like imagine that it's not actually existing. And I think that just kind of like produces a, a, a really strange experience that it's hard to like really like, you know, make sense of and, in, 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 you know, uh, afterwards, right? Like I remember being like 21 and like concocting the idea that any kind of like, uh, forward thought or like pre-planning was fascistic. Um, you know? Just being like, no, like if you plant seeds, planning on like harvesting food later, that's that's fascism. <laughs> that is that is the core of fascism. And um, maybe I was right, but I really kind of think I wasn't. I think I was probably just like, um, well, actually, you know what? That was the semester I was really heavily abusing Adderall. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I never put toge that together. Damn. Okay, that makes way more sense. <laughs> I don't. I never put together. I can't believe I never. Wow. Okay, this is gonna fuck me up. <laughs> um, I actually think an important part of my political narrative that I did not think to include in the essay was that I, for most of the time, described was very adamantly straight edge. I was simply not doing enough drugs. Oh my goodness. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, and I was... I would feel a feeling, and instead of... I don't know, like, I, I couldn't get in the car and hang out with my friends if I was in my mom's house during a time, because um, I couldn't drive, and wasn't, we weren't walking distance to anything. I couldn't just smoke some weed about it or get drunk about it. Um... So I would just, like, write a thousand words about my feeling and how it actually connected to some grand structural force on Tumblr. Um, and that just that was my coping skill, I guess. Um, and I developed a lot of, like, cool ideas, some of which, like, cool, sarcastic, some of which actually cool. But um, it was definitely, like, a rotating the shapes in my mind type of experience. Did you have any, uh, like, planning is fascistic style cool thoughts, or um, <laughs> were, you, were, you, were you not quite that far out? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, I think the, like, wackiest story I have from this time is, do you know who Steve Rogenbuck is? Oh, that sounds familiar. He's like a now-canceled that... alt-lit poet. Okay. I was going to say, is that one of the characters from The Avengers? But... That is Steve Rogers, but I hear you. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I... Yeah, no, I remember this. I remember... Yeah. Um... Um, I was a big fan yeah. of... This one woman's blog, um, who was very into, like, a Marxist trans-feminist adaptation of John Stoltenberg, 
um, who wrote Refusing to Be a Man, about, like, how everyone should choose not to be men. Um, and a lot of my trans femme friends, like, really benefited from that blog, you know, because it was, it was sort of a prototype for, like, anyone can choose to be trans and it's good thought, you know, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. Wasn't so great for me, but what I did do <laughs> was convince Steve Rogenbach, who was like, how can I be a good man? I was like, you can't read John Stoltenberg. And then had a bunch of conversations about how Steve Rogenbach should, like, choose to denounce manhood so much that he, like, posted on Facebook, like, I'm not trans. I'm still using he, him pronouns, but I'm I'm not a man now, just so you know. And then a lot of people commented, like, you can't do that. That's not allowed. Um, and I was like, it is allowed. Um, and there's, it's, it's like, it didn't really go anywhere. It was just all totally irrelevant to, like, Steve Rogenbuck eventually this getting is, in trouble. This is prior to, this is prior to his cancellation. Yeah, this is all prior to cancellation, okay. yeah. Um, I remember, I remember when the cancellation happened, some people talking about it. And, yeah, that was yeah, in part me, like, being 19 and having thoughts. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> um i've never i've never really understood what alt lit is i think that like i don't know it's a phrase i've known about for a weird amount of time because when i was like 15 i was really into i hate myself and if you google and try to read about i hate myself one of the things that you will learn is that um their lyrics appear as epigraphs in a book by ty lee is that his name no. Tylee is from a firm. Um, Wait, no, who am I thinking of? Fuck. You're thinking um, of Taolin. Yes, Taolin. <laughs> um, yeah, Taolin. Yeah, you will find out that those... Yeah. <laughs> um, you'll find out that epigraphs uh, featuring lyrics from I Hate Myself appear in one of Talon's books, which I believe is the book that was, like, there was, like, um, accusations that it was, like, plagiarized from a partner of his that... Yes, so that was... Yeah. I don't remember I, don't, I never name. really understood what was going on with all I don't that. remember his name. It was, like, E something. Um, his partner. I do know yeah. that they co-wrote this book, Kikiko Mori, which is the only Talon book I liked, and I think was mostly because it was just his, um, like his trans guy partner and not him actually. But um, no, I got into the alt-lit stuff exclusively because a boy who I had a crush on um, was into it, as one does. Um, when I was in Frederick, he liked Orchid and alt-lit, and I was obsessed. Um, <laughs> yeah i saw a talent tweet recently that i thought was very funny i'm trying to remember oh was it about how he cured his like autism about... yeah he cured his autism how did he cure his autism um the mewing was involved <laughs> which i think you've talked about on this yes. podcast before um <laughs> i don't think on the podcast but i've talked about it on twitter <laughs> <laughs> i i think the, the talk about it was basically that I was going to start doing it. You should get Tolan <laughs> on the podcast reasons. to talk about his gender. That would actually be really funny. Um, and about curing autism. 
using. Imagine if Greta Thunberg were obsessed with glycophosphate instead of climate change. Sorry, I'm reading Talon's <laughs> Twitter account right now. Oh my god, him quote-tweeting Dasha. Okay. Um, oh my god. <laughs> He's like, I mean, like, you know, say what you will about the bad poetry and the rape. He's a hell of a poster. I'm not going to read this 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 Dasha quote tweet because it's 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 not good for anyone. Um, it's really um, yeah. Okay. Um, besides the point. Um, this is all besides the point. <laughs> we're very far on a tangent, but yeah, part of part of my gender um, when I was like 19 to 22 was being a weird Facebook alt lit guy. Um, convincing Steve yes, not yes. be a man <laughs> to not be a man in a thing right. <laughs> um, yeah. okay hell yeah yeah no but this does like remind me of a very funny thing you said to me once um, describing this era of your life I think which was that you were a radical feminist but not a turf because I believe your exact words were, I thought trans women were making the right decision. Yes, um, yes. Um, which, right, seems like sort of a, I don't know, seems like a very, uh, I don't know, I, I guess I find that kind of position a sympathetic way of kind of bargaining with dysphoria and trying to sort of like reason your way into being like unhappy um and be like it is okay that i don't like this because you know by not liking this i am being part of the revolution or something like that right like i'm choosing to i'm choosing to do the right thing yeah i have a lot of that... a lot of my like closer friends from that time were people who are now trans women but were doing a non-binary thing for not the same reasons, because, like, obviously I believed trans women were supposed to transition, whereas they had, like, a, the most radical thing is to be non-binary. We should be dismantling the gender binary. Transition is, you know, gender essentialist take. But what we all had in common was we were just carving out a version of transness that meant that the other trans people were good and what we wanted to do was the bad, evil thing, but that didn't make us feel yucky for being transphobic. How how did this like I mean so in this period of your life were you interacting with many like trans men or or trans women that were like sort of I don't know that had like maybe like more uh, that had less fucked genders I guess to put it in like a um, in the show's idiom that like I don't know right because I, I'm sort of curious yeah I don't I don't know like if you if you did interact with those people and if so how these ideas. Uh, came out or if they didn't come out or yeah so um unfortunately around this time a lot of the trans guys that i knew in real life who were also on tumblr and like we all had sort of ideological brainworms because we were living in a rural punk house and 
mostly getting our ideas from each other's tumblers. And so, like, I knew a few guys who just detransitioned during this time or, like, half detransitioned who have now retransitioned. Um, I did not know any, like, at that point, quote-unquote, binary trans guys in real life for most of this period. There was a brief period at when I was at the punk house where there were some guys who like needed a place to crash and we were like you can come stay at our like you know super cool queer and trans house and they were like absolutely not we're gonna stay at the heterosexual punk house a few neighborhoods over um because those guys were like very adamant about being stealth um and did not like me which I think furthered my sort of sense of distance from I guess trans men as a group like not in a significant way I was already had my ideological position or whatever um and most of my like transmasculine-ish friends in real life were similarly kind of doing a non-binary thing while expressing some sort of political alignment with lesbianism and but there were a lot of trans women in my life um some of whom were on board with my thing and some of whom thought that what I was doing was bizarre self-harm um but you know the people who were closest to me were usually not the people who were being like Noah what the fuck are you doing because that's that's just how it works, I guess. It, when when you say bizarre self harm, did they did they think that you were like a trans man or? There were def. There's definitely always been a substantial number of trans women in my life who knew the whole time that I was a closeted trans man, um, and just saw that I would panic the moment it was brought up, and so we're like, okay, we gotta chill on this. Um, I think there were also like, I don't know. Um, I could ask my, like, I, the woman I dated from when I was 18 to when I was 22, what she thought about it. Um, we're still good friends. And, like, um, when I came out as a trans guy, she was like, yeah, yeah, sure, of course. But it hadn't, like, you know, we... <laughs> hadn't been a been a pressing issue um other than my like spinning around in circles about whether I was allowed to be and my like preoccupation with us being in a lesbian relationship and how that was very important because I had to be a lesbian um I don't know it's which you know she did not give as much of a shit about as I did she was just like if, if it's important to you I don't know we're queer I think it's fine um but right hell yeah when did you actually come out as a trans guy i was 22 it, like it in a way that's yeah i mean like we've been over obviously your, your first attempt i was 22 i so i move out of my mom's house like finally for real um and 
into an apartment with Katie, the girlfriend I was talking about. Um, we, our poly, have been poly the whole time, but have been poly, like, while living in our parents' house, mostly, so not, like, super actively. And so, like, I actually start having sex with people that aren't just my long-term partner, including with, like, cis men or people who I, at the time, thought were cis men, at least. Um, I go with a boyfriend to a, like, gay bar for the first time in my life, ever in a gay bar, um, because I'm also not sober anymore, not, like, straight edge anymore. Um, I go to this gay bar, we're watching the Eagles in the Super Bowl, because they like the Eagles, um, and I'm the whole time just super nervous about, like, everyone thinks that we're, you know, a straight couple invading a queer space. Nobody thinks that. I'm just too extremely online. But regardless, I'm super preoccupied with, like, nobody seeing me as a gay man, and this is a problem that I need to fix. Um, and that, that fear of being seen as, like, a woman in a heterosexual relationship rather than a gay man felt a lot more sharp than when I was dating, like, when I was dating women, like, cis or trans, regardless of how we were being read in public, because I was like, well, I know that we're lesbians, versus in this situation, it felt, I don't know, it felt more tenuous, and I, like, that first week of living out of my mom's house, I told Mike, the person I was seeing at the time, um, like, I'm thinking of changing my name. And <laughs> they are like, oh, cool, thinking it's going to be like a non-binary name, you know? And I'm like, I'm thinking of like Julian or like Noah. And they're like, oh, those are those are like guys' names. And I was like, well, names don't have a gender. And they were like, okay. <laughs> um, but like, are you thinking of transitioning? And I was like, well, I, I've socially transitioned because I use they, them pronouns. And they were like, sure. But... Like, are you thinking of transitioning, though? Um, and were was, you? Yes. Um, so, like, a, a few, a month or two after that, I, after, you know, consulting with my Facebook friends, many of whom, you know, had been sort of lightly pushing the, you're obviously a trans guy issue, um, I came out to my mom. I'm proud of how I did it this third time, which is, this is like 2018. The Jesse Singal Atlantic article was on the newsstands. Um, and so I introduced the idea of Jesse Singal to my mom. And I'm like, he's like a liberal and he's using all these feminist ideas to like try to say that you know trans kids shouldn't exist and their parents are like you know putting them in conversion therapy and not letting them transition and like we agree that this is awful to not let your kid be trans right and my mom's like yeah that's so horrible he shouldn't be doing that and i'm like so on that note um, <laughs> now that we're on the same page you know first principles <laughs> i would like to change my name to noah um and <laughs> It did that work, work actually this time. I do oh, not really? think it worked because of my Jesse Singal priming. I think it worked because I had come out two more times, like two times previously, and she was just sort of like, 
you know, a few months after that, when I tell her I'm going to go on testosterone, she was like, well, I figured this was going to happen. And I was like, how did you know? And she's like, well, because you just changed your name to Noah and you've come out to me before. And so I just figured whatever, it was a matter of time. She's like, I was, I was hoping it would just go away, but like, you know, makes sense. And I'm like, okay, but yeah, so she didn't put up a fight the last time, you know? Um, and okay. now is like, you know, cool about me being a guy. Like, she's not ever going to be the most understanding about trans shit. She still kind of just thinks transphobia is a bad thing the Republican Party is doing. But um, it's not like it used to be. It's not like a point of contention. Um, and I, I meanwhile, was still, I went to like a they, he thing as soon as I started tea. Um, and switched to he, him, while still not identifying as a man, still being like, I'm like transmasculine and non-binary. Um, because I noticed that when I would come out to cis guys in like a DSA or at like reading groups, because um, I'd also, I'd moved closer into DC by this point and could like take the metro places. So I'd noticed that when I came out to cis guys and they chose to use they, them pronouns instead of he, him pronouns for me, that it made me feel angry. Um, and I noticed that my friends who'd known me for many years had all started using he, him pronouns, even though it was perfectly fine to use they, them pronouns. <laughs> um, and so I, like, you know, I think actually... I was at like a some sort of sleepaway camp for communists, which I can't get into too much detail about, with one of the trans Marxism co-authors. Um, when I was like, I felt like shit when he called me they them pronouns, and she was like, Well, then it sounds like you should switch to he him pronouns, huh? And I was like, Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you know, when I came out as like they she, I think pretty much everyone in my life that knew me was like no one ever used the they it was always she except for like one or two people that were being transphobic but um not in the using they was a sign of their transphobia they were transphobic in other ways and then they used they right like that's the thing i picked up is that like i felt subjectively like i was being treated as if i was a cis woman by the people who were using they more so than by the people who were using he. And yeah. I was like, I don't, my pattern recognition doesn't like this. And so I think I just got to switch to he so that you don't have this plausible deniability thing. Right. Mm -hmm. oh, hell yeah. And I still, oh yeah. And, no, go ahead. I still was not identifying as a man. Like, even when I was getting my top surgery letters, my therapist was a trans guy. Um, and, he asked my like gender identity for to write in the insurance letter and I was like, um, you can say like transmasculine, non-binary, or trans man, they're equally correct. And he was like, Well, if they're equally correct, since we're talking to your insurance company, let's just say trans man, okay? Um and I was like, sure, that's fine. I don't mind that. Um And that was basically where I was at, and I think I only 
got adamant about the I'm a trans man specifically thing when people started coming to me with anxieties like the ones I had, being like, hey, I want to transition, but I'm scared of being anti-feminist or I'm scared that it's going to make me abusive like my dad was or I'm scared that it's just going to make me like a violent, evil person. I sort of double down into like, no, actually, like I've done a lot of work to like orient my politics in a way that allows for the possibility of me being a man, even if I'm not like committed to that. And like, why the fuck should anyone get to say that this isn't okay? Which is also when I went from just talking about this stuff on Twitter and Facebook to like publishing on Hating Men in the New Inquiry um, was my editor had like asked me about the topic and then we sort of morphed it into a into a thing, but, um, hell yeah. And then the trans Marxism came after so that. So the trans Marxism piece was in the works actually for longer. I started working on it before the new inquiry piece. Um, <laughs> Going back to the weird Facebook alt-lit days, um, I was in this Facebook group, which was sort of a offshoot of an offshoot from Cool Freaks Wikipedia Club, but also left book, but like ultra-left book, um, and also vaguely connected to the Brooklyn Trotskyist scene um, called Freakin' Freakin' Queers Ideas Club. Um where a lot of my like now close collaborators and close IRL friends were in, including Juliana Gleason, um, joined that when I was twenty or twenty-one. Um, my like Katie, my partner at the time, added me, um, and I think I was added just because it was like you know a trans communist queer memes and theory group. But it very quickly became a lot of people venting about, like, we saw bad identity politics that was liberal and we don't like it because it, you know, is not materialist. And then I started posting things like, hey, there are people on Tumblr saying that, like, I'll always materially be a woman because of my childhood experiences of misogyny. Like, do we think that's true or false? Just, like, can we get a read just abstractly on whether that's true or false? Um, and I think for several years, Jules and, like, Cade Griffiths and a bunch of other people sort of patiently argued with me about that stuff, got me to quit Tumblr, and also introduced me to a lot of articles about, like, unitary theory and social reproduction theory and, like, the tenets of Marxist feminism and Marxist gender politics more broadly that, um sort of unhooked the brainworm of I'm not allowed to be a man because then I'm the oppressor class a little bit. Although that was also like a getting out of my mom's house thing too. Um, but yeah, so like from that sort of Facebook milieu, like it was, it was that Facebook group and then another Facebook group, which she moderated called Two Left Come to Function. I'm revealing all the trade secrets now, but um <laughs> And she was like, I'm putting together this book, like Transgender Marxism for Pluto Press, which I think she really expected to be a smaller thing than it ended up being. I certainly expected it to be. Um, and, you know, there weren't that many, she didn't know that many trans guys in our 
very theory-heavy Marxist milieus. Um, and I'm like, I guess I'll put something together. I don't know. And because I had been thinking through the process of, like, you know, I've been, like, rotating the shapes in my head of what does socialization mean? What does it mean of, like, does trauma make us trans? Does, like, violence make us trans? And Jules and Cade had kind of been pushing the line of, like, violence enforces gender for everyone. That's how gender is enforced, which was helpful for me. Um, I wanted to just do some work on the, like, how and why do people become trans question, and not why and, like, a where does dysphoria come from, but, it, like, I don't know, why and, like, a how does this fit into our systems of gender and our systems of, like, I'm trying not to say the word social reproduction over and over, but our systems of social reproduction of, like, you could just say like i don't know like how does this fit into um the way that we right, live our yeah. lives right like the ways that we are just are every right and i was you know obviously interested in like how we create our own identities how we create and facilitate our lives outside of the family form um especially for people who have you know tenuous or denied access to the resources of the family, which a lot of trans people do. Um, so that's that piece. But it was cool of Jules to invite me because I was literally like 22 and had just come out and was like, I've been you know, thinking about this shit forever, but I had very little on the ground experience. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what, like at least seven, eight years at yeah, that point? Yeah, no, right? I was out. I was like, some sort of trans in my, you know, around trans people thinking about trans thing and has had come out as trans seven years ago, but then only like for real transition for real Z's that year. Um, yeah. The questions of like, you know, trans generations of like, you know, are you a baby trans or a newer trans or like a old, I know, old, like are you an old bag? Um, like, yeah, I mean, I was certainly not a pandemic transitioner, but, like, the, just in general, the, like, historical memory based on when you were out is so complicated by, well, what do you mean by out? And that's true for a lot of right. people and certainly a lot of trans people, but I feel it really acutely. Um, yeah. <clears throat> right, like, I, I came out as trans for the first time before the time cover right but started transitioning in like earnest like two weeks into the pandemic oh shit i didn't actually know that yeah yeah i am in in many ways quite young um and in other ways incredibly ancient relatable yeah no i mean i feel like we have some shit in common with like punk scene lifestyle exposure etc um, anarchist histories seem to go back. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was more chill about the trans stuff for those, like, 
those intervening like seven or eight years or whatever however not seven or it was like five or six five or six years i was like very chill about the trans stuff it was just kind of like a series of logistical problems and like um i don't know like i guess fear uh i'm like actually transitioning and like i was like sort of socially transitioned in like a I essentially transitioned in a scene where like everyone just wore black skinny jeans <laughs> and hoodies all the time so it was like <laughs> right <laughs> what do you mean I need to use my address no I don't <laughs> um I um <laughs> yeah I think I mean, one of the things I've come to terms with relatively recently is how much of my like ideological opposition to my own transition was downstream of the logistical fact of being disabled and living with my mom because I couldn't take care of myself other places um, rather than being like an ideological barrier. Because every time I got into like around other trans people for a minute, even when the other trans people were being totally unhinged, still like, you know, every other week, like, what if I got on hormones? What if I was on hormones, though? You know, anytime there was, like, more than two trans people around me. Um, and obviously the timing of me untangling all these brainworms with living independently was not coincidental. Right. I think there's often, like, we want to make an ideological scaffolding for our own self-denial, or at least I do. Maybe we don't, but I do. Um. I, think, I think that's incredibly common. I think that that's sort of, like, bargaining. I mean, I wouldn't say it's universal, but I, I think it's it's at least common enough to be recognizable, yeah, for right? Sure. Um. Yeah. Uh, are there any um are there any are there any final final thoughts? Do we have anything we still need to hit? Are there any um, <laughs> Yeah, I I think after all that, I would like to tell people to stop overthinking it. Just do it. Like um <laughs> the thing when it got easy, the part where it got easy where the like what if I'm not really trans, what if I'm doing the wrong thing? started to go away was when the question didn't become like who am I deep down and it was just like do I want to do my tee shot next week and the answer was always like yeah um that just made it more chill and so I try to talk to people and if they're like how do I know like who I am deep inside I'm like well what do you want to do like what what do you you want to try tea like or, or not like but I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm saying or not on the podcast because I'm trying to be respectable, but you know, I'm always trying to, I'm telling people to try tea. Um, but... No, I think it's like, yeah, I don't know. I try to, I try to sort of like, I think that a lot of times people use these things kind of euphemistically um, in the sense of it's like, well, if I were really XYZ, I would do this. Or only XYZs can do this. And I'm like, well, okay, but like, what do you want? And it's like, well, maybe maybe you are. Maybe it does make sense to talk about you in those words. Maybe using those words will make you happy. But like, 
that can come secondary to like the question of like is it going to feel good to you to take this hormone? Is it going to feel good to you to dress this way? Is it going to feel good to you to have people refer refer to you this way? You know, um, I don't know, right? I it, <laughs> um, no, absolutely. I like. pre-transition was, you know, certainly not in the habit of all of, like, centering, like, what makes me happy, what do I want, was very in these habits of, like, what should I do, and I think that makes it especially hard to, like, disentangle something as complicated as transition when you're trying to make it about, like, what is the, like, ideologically correct gender to is harder to answer than like do I want to inject some hormones into my body right now I don't know right <laughs> exactly exactly alright well I think that that's um, that's how okay. we're going to close thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Noah. Um, Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to have had you. I think this is going to be a really good episode. I hope people enjoy it. Um, thank you to the audience for bearing with us this long, if, uh, <laughs> if you're still here. Um, thank you to Lin July for making our intro and outro music. Um, Thank you to everyone that supports the show on Patreon. And if you would like to join them, please go do. I have more premium episodes working. Um, yeah, I think that is about it. So good yeah. talking to you. It's a pleasure. <laughs>